Good morning, everybody. Let's all stand. We're going to sing since Jesus came into my heart. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have lied in my soul for which long I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart. I'm possessed of a hope that is steadfast and sure since Jesus came into my heart. And no dark clouds of doubt now my pathway obscure since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, I shall go there to dwell in that city I know. Since Jesus came into my heart. And I'm happy, so happy as onward I go Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll since Jesus came into my heart. Amen. Let's sing. At the cross. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Well, my the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in. When Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. You may be seated. 
Good morning. Welcome to Rosebar this morning. We're so happy to have you with us this morning as um, we celebrate the special day of Father's Day and honoring our fathers today. I appreciate all the fathers that are here today. Um, I've heard a statistic in the past that um, a household where a father is worshiping and coming to church and bringing their family to church, that the more, it's more likely for the whole family to come to know Christ. And so it's very important as fathers that we do our part and do our job to bring our church, bring our family to church and um, to be the leader um, for Christ in our families. But this morning I want to read our June focus verse. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Psalms 91, 1 and 2. Uh, may we truly trust that our Father, you know, is our refuge and our fortress, and we trust in Him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for being able to come to your house today and worship you and to honor you, Father, um, as our one true Father in, in the whole world. Um, may we look to you in all our needs and wants and um, always come to you in everything that goes on in our lives, Father. Um, and put you first in our lives, Father. We just ask that you just um, be with the ones here, Father, that, that may not know you as a personal Savior, that may not have you as their eternal Father. Um, Father, may, may they today be the day they accept you as their Father and accept salvation, Father. We just ask that you just be with the service as we continue to praise you in song, Father. Um, be with our praise team as you know they lead us in song, Father. Um, May we, may we give our voices to you. And Father, we also lift Justin up to you this morning, that you just give him the message that we need to hear this morning, Father. And it's not about him, but it, Father, that he's just bringing the message to us, Father. That may we open our hearts and minds, take in that message, apply it to our lives, and use it for your honor and glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. The ushers are going to be coming through the aisles to pick up the offering. We're going to sing... Um, one of my all-time favorite worship songs, um, God of All My Days. And to tie it into Father's Day, um, you know, God gives us the perfect example of what a loving father, how a loving father should be. And a loving father is always there for his children. Um, I've got four daughters, and I'll tell you what, no matter how mad they make me, I'm never going to turn my back on them. I'm, you know, I'll express my disappointment um, or disdain for whatever they've, they've gotten themselves into, but I'm always going to love them. I'm always going to uh, be there for them. I'm going to be a hand there you know, waiting to, to hold and, and um, just be that rock for my girls. And God is the same for us. No matter what season we find ourselves in, um, God is always there for us, reaching his hand out, wanting us to grab it, wanting us to rely on him like our memory verse says. He is our fortress. He is the one that we need to depend on every single day um, to pray without ceasing. He's, he's waiting for us to have that communication with him, have that relationship with him. So let's all stand. Let's sing God of all my days. And I forgot my words, Billy, so... I came to you with my heart in pieces and found the God with healing in his hands I turned to you put everything behind me and found the God who makes all things new I look to you drowning in my questions and found the God who holds all wisdom and I trusted you and stepped out on the ocean you caught my hand among the waves cause you're the God of all my days he said by day, you make way, and I will give you all my praise. 
my seasons change you stay the same cause you're the God of all my days I ran from you wandered in the shadows and found a God who relentlessly pursues I hid from you and haunted by my failure and found the God whose grace still covers me I fell on you when I was at my weekends and found the God, the lifter of my head. And I worshiped you and felt you right beside me. You're the reason that I sing, cause you're the God of all my days. Step I take, you make a way, and I will give you all my praise. My seasons change, but you stay the same, cause you're the God of all my days. my worry God you are my stillness and in my searching God you are my answers and in my blindness God you are my vision and in my bondage God you are my freedom and in my weakness, God, you are my power. You're the reason that I sing, because you're the God of all my days. Each step I take, you make way, and I will give you all my praise my seasons change but you stay the same cause you're the God of all my days and in my blindness God you are my vision in my bondage, God, you are my freedom in all my days. Before there was creation, who illuminates the stars and sun, who has set eternity in motion? There is just one who can calm the storm with just a whisper. Who can make the person sing? Who can break the curse of generations? There is just one. The mighty line of Judah, the pure and spotless lamb, the 
upon his shoulders who endured the cross and scorned to shame who is laid to rest like every other but who Children's Church is happening now. You all will line up over here at this door. We got one more song we're going to worship with. Graves in the Gardens. Your mercy and grace 
bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity today to be in your house, to, to raise our hands, raise our voices, to worship you together with fellow believers. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us today. God, I pray that we would desire a closer walk with you, a closer relationship, Lord, where we rely on you for each and everything that we need in this world. Lord, I pray that our relationship with you would grow stronger and deeper today, Lord. I, as we open up your word and you give the words to Brother Justin, Lord, I pray that you would open up our eyes, reveal our, the sinfulness of our hearts, our, our need for you to be our Savior, Lord. I pray that our hearts would, would desperately desire you and a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would just um, open up our eyes in our everyday life. Go and play. I pray that you would show yourselves to us in this world that we live in, that you'd make yourself real to us. Lord, I, I pray that we would open up your word and, and, and dive deep into your word. And I pray that you would reveal who you are to us and, Lord, who you've called us to be. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for the mercy and the grace that you, you bestow on us every single day, Lord, even though we don't deserve it. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. You, you may be seated. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, we'll begin reading together in verse 1. As you are turning there, I do want to wish a happy Father's Day to the men who are here today that are fathers. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, what an example you are to your family uh, what an encouragement you are to other brothers and sisters in Christ for being here, uh, for following the Lord Jesus Christ, and for knowing the importance of worshiping Him as Lord and Savior of our life. We just thank you so very much, and we wish you a very happy Father's Day, and pray that God may bless you on this day, that God may bless your family. Thank you for the ones who are able to come out and join us for Donuts with Dads. I was hoping we'd have a few left over to give you at the end of the service, but for, unfortunately, we ate them all. None was left. Uh, you did a good job there uh, putting those away. But thank you for being here on this day, and it, we are in prayer for you because we know as fathers living in this world, you're constantly being attacked. You're being attacked by Satan. You're being attacked by this world. You're being attacked by lost people, the media, whatever it may be. You're constantly on attack. Your family's being attacked. And you need the power of God in your life to be the man who God's called you to be. You can't do it on your own. You need a supernatural feeling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I pray that the Spirit may encourage you today as you walk throughout this difficult world in order to give praise, honor, and glory to God, our Heavenly Father. This morning, as we 
begin our time together, I want us to begin by thinking of something that you're passionate about. What is something that you're passionate about, that you enjoy, that you like, that, um, that if I were to sit down in conversation with you, it wouldn't be but a few minutes before it comes up in conversation? Since it is Father's Day, I'll tell you about my dad, all right? My dad is passionate about crappie fishing. He likes to crappie fish. He loves all things crappie fish. He would spend all day crappie fishing if, if he could and could get away. And he loves all things crappie, uh, the, the rod and the reels and the electronic sonars and uh, the boat and everything. He just enjoys everything about it. And he'll talk to you about it and tell you about it. And he's spending all of my inheritance on this crappie fishing. <laughs> but what is it something that you're passionate about? Some people are passionate about sports, maybe UK basketball. Some people are passionate about maybe baseball, St. Louis Cardinals baseball. Some are hunting and fishing. Some are reading books or writing books. Some are music and songs and authors and, and different things like that. But all of us have a passion. And like some of these things that we enjoy in this world, it's, it's not bad to have passion for sports and for fishing and for things like that. That's not bad. God has given us good things for us to enjoy. But today I want us to look at Paul's passion that we see clearly in this word. Paul's passion was for lost people to become saved. That was Paul's passion here on this earth that we see in this world. And, and Paul had other passions too, good and worldly passions that were enjoyable and things like that. But this was a passion that was given to him by God our Heavenly Father. And that was for lost people to come and know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. This morning we continue in our reading through the New Testament and we're continuing to walk through the book of Romans. And this morning we're in Romans chapter 10. In chapter 9 and in chapter 10 we see Paul's heart. We see a glimpse of his passion. Chapter 9 he says he wished he could be accursed if it would mean that Israel would be saved. That is, he wished that he would be lost himself if that meant Israel would know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. That he would sacrifice his own salvation so that another may know Jesus. That's a powerful statement in and of itself that he shares with us in chapter 9. And then he continues today in the verse that we're about to read where he talks about, It is my heart's desire and it is my prayer that they may be saved. This morning, I want you to notice two things that will drive our evangelism, that will drive our passion for lost people to be saved. And the first thing is reading the Word of God. One thing that will drive our passion for seeing people come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior of the life is reading God's Word. Dan had shared a video with me on Facebook this week, and it was talking about a survey where 80,000 Christians had taken. And out of this survey, it was asking about the importance of reading the Word of God. And it said those who read the, the Bible one day a week, there was little to no difference. Two days a week, little to no difference. Three days a week, there was a marginal difference. But they said it was four days a week. Once those who are reading the Bible four days a week or more, they're all of a sudden to see a noticeable difference. That loneliness beginning to go down, anxiety and stress beginning to go down, pornography beginning to go down, and sharing Jesus with your friends, your family, and those around you begin to go up. There was actually a 200% increase of sharing their faith for those who read the Bible more than four days a week. And so this year we're reading through the New Testament together five days a week and it's for the purpose of our evangelism efforts. It's that when we get the Word of God in us, the Word of God will come out of us. 
That's the point. That's the idea that when we get into God's Word, God's Word will begin to stir in our heart a passion for God and His Word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will begin to stir us and move us into action in order to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. What drives our evangelism efforts is, number one, getting into the Word of God. But then number two is prayer. Is prayer. And that is specifically where Paul shares with us this morning. If you'll stand to your feet in Romans chapter 10 and verse 1, the Word of God says this, Brethren, my heart's desire... And prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Slide down to verse 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed their report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let us pray this morning. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and we come and we just thank you so much for your word this morning. And we pray by the power of your Spirit that you will grant us understanding, wisdom, and Lord, we pray that this Word may stir in our hearts and give us a greater passion for a loss than any other time in our life, Lord Jesus. Have your will and your way, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you. There's a couple of things that we're going to see in this passion together, this passage together this morning. We're going to notice a passion, we're going to notice a prayer, and we're going to notice a proclamation. Proclamation. Um, and he begins here with this prayer, and what we know about prayer is prayer is one of the most simple things that we can do, but it's also one of the most powerful things we can do. What we learn in the Christian life is prayer is one of the most powerful resources a believer has available. And that with little prayer is little power, but with much prayer there is much power. It is power, the Holy Spirit is the power of God that works in our hearts with God our Heavenly Father. So there's three things we're looking at this passage, and I'm going to argue that at times... What hinders us from living the mission of God that God has placed before us is a lack of passion, a lack of prayer, and a lack of proclamation. It was Paul himself who said, I become all things to all people that God may save some. Statistically speaking, in Paducah, Kentucky, and beyond, there is more than 80,000 people in our community that is far from the Lord and in need of Jesus' salvation. And I want to ask you three questions this morning. Number one, do you long to see people saved? Do you desire for people to come know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life and to follow Him all the days of their life? Number two, are you praying to see people saved? Every Sunday morning in our Sunday school class, one of our questions that we ask is, are you praying for the lost to be saved? Are you praying for the lost to be saved? Because we have to develop a culture of people praying for lost people to be saved. 
We've got to be a people on our knees crying out to a holy God to save a sinful and wicked world that we're living in. We at Rosebar Baptist Church must be a people that are praying for those who don't know Jesus to come and know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. And then number three, are you sharing the gospel so that they may hear the gospel truth and come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life? Do you have a desire that they know Jesus? Are you praying that they may know Jesus? And are you sharing with them the gospel and the truth of God's word that they may know Jesus? Verse 14 tells us, how are they to hear without someone preaching? His reference here is not to all preachers. That preachers, yeah, go and preach. His reference here is to all of us who know Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life. That, guess what? Those who come to the church house, most of the time are the ones that have some type of relationship with the Lord Jesus. Those who are denying Jesus, who are running from Jesus, which we see only about 15% of McCracken County is in a church this morning. So that means there's about 85% that is running, that is turning from God. And the only way they're going to hear about Jesus is not by going to church because only 15% of them are going. The only way they're going to hear is if we as God's people go to them right where they are and open our mouths and share the gospel truth with them. How are they going to hear without someone preaching? Notice the emphasis of this passage this morning is being saved. Verse 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. It is with the heart one believes unto righteousness and is justified. And it is the mouth that confesses unto salvation. Verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved. The emphasis of this passage is being saved. That should not only be true of this passage, but that should be true of our hearts for us who know Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life. That should be the emphasis of our lives for people to come and know Jesus. The emphasis of our hearts, it must be the emphasis at Rosebier Baptist Church to see people saved. It is not our goal and desire to find people that are going to other churches and to transfer their membership to Rosebier Baptist Church. That is not helping in advance in the kingdom of God. What our desire and our hope is to go to people who are running from Jesus, who are not looking for Jesus, who don't want Jesus, and to share with them the gospel hope that Jesus has made available so that they may repent of their sins before it's everlasting too late. That is our hope, that is our desire, to make disciples of all nations. To make disciples of all nations, that people may come to know the Lord. That they may grow up in their faith, and they may go out into the world and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, the gospel is simple. But there's a real problem today at times with Christians when we become stingy with the gospel. We know the gospel, but so many times we keep it to ourselves. And I get it. I understand why. Sometimes we're fearful of how someone will respond. Sometimes we've shared it so many times to the same person and they continue to reject it that we say, why do I want to share it one more time? They're just going to reject it again. Sometimes we're worried about what someone will think or how they will feel about us after we share the gospel. That we may feel like that we are high and almighty and looking down on them because they are bad. I know all of these thoughts that run through our heads because Satan is the one who's put them there. He's put them in your head and he's put them in my head. And I know it's difficult. But what happens when we listen to the thoughts that Satan is putting in our minds is we become stingy with the gospel and we hold it to ourselves. We have the gospel of hope that will allow someone to pass from sin, death, and Satan into life and everlasting hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are called by God to share it with a lost and dying world. We don't have to be scared. We don't have to be embarrassed or intimidated by the world laughing at us. 
thinking how silly we are. We must realize it's an urgent matter at hand. Eternity is at stake. Every single person on planet earth will spend all of eternity either in hell or in heaven. They will spend all of eternity paying for the wages of their sin in hell, or they will spend it in the presence of God for all of eternity. This is an urgent matter. We can't allow what people think about us to keep us from sharing the hope that we have received from Jesus Christ. Instead, because of the urgency of the matter, it should compel us to share with those who don't know Jesus. Think of it this way, evangelism this way. Have you ever been cooking and trying a new recipe? I don't cook a lot. I do grill. Maybe have you ever been grilling and maybe trying a new marinade? And you've tried it, you've had it in the oven, or you bring it off the grill, and you take that first bite, and that first bite is so good. You're so excited, right? Like, found something, it's good. What's the first thing you do? You, you go to your wife or your husband, and you're like, oh, you got to try this. This is so good. And then you cut them a little bite, and you give it to them, and then they try, and you're like, isn't it so good? Aren't you glad? Isn't it so good? Well, in a way... That's exactly what we do with evangelism. I mean, just think about, that's what Sam's does. They give you those free samples. That's where, that's where I take all my kids so we can get lunch on Saturdays. Go get all those free samples, fill up so we can go home. But at Sam's, they give you the free samples so that you will taste it, that you will try it, that you will see that it is good, and if you think it is good, you will buy it, and they will make money. That's the whole idea of what Sam's is giving free samples. But I want you to see that is, in a greater way, what evangelism is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Whatever you are, this is it. This is what we're sharing with the lost and dying world. Whatever you're tasting from this world, whatever this world has to offer, it is severely lacking. It is sorry. And it is bad tasting in your mouth. You, they are the crumbs of this world. When Jesus Christ wants to give you himself, he is so much better than anything this world could ever offer you. You think drugs are good? Jesus is better. You think money is good? Jesus is better. You think health is good? Jesus is better. You think politics are good? Jesus is better. Right? He is much better than anything this world ever has to offer. And we as God's people are saying, taste and see. For the Lord is good. That you will never regret it. You'll never regret it. You gave up your drugs for Jesus. You'll never regret it. You gave up your sins for Jesus. You'll never regret it to loving Jesus more than you love this world. Because he is the one who is faithful, who is constantly blessing us, caring for us, and protecting us. Taste of this gospel goodness and you'll never be disappointed. Notice the passion that comes from Paul. Verse 1, my heart's desires they may be saved. Chapter 9, he begins with this emotional explosion it continues throughout this whole unit. Chapter 9, verse 1, he says, I'm speaking the truth in you in Christ. I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. He's talking about his emotions that he has for those who don't know Jesus. It is great sorrow, unceasing grief. He has a zeal for the gospel and he has a passion for people. How do we get that? The key is this, get into God's Word. We just learned that a moment ago. Because as we get into God's Word, it will stir our hearts and develop in our heart a passion for lost people. That's what we see in Scripture. What are we studying in Sunday school right now? Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as what? The weeping prophet. Why is he weeping? Because all of these people 
are hearing the commands of God and they are rejecting the commands of God, disobeying the commands of God. They continue in their lostness. They continue in their wickedness. They continue in their brokenness and it breaks Jeremiah's heart and he is known as the weeping prophet because they continue in their disobedience. Think about Nehemiah. Remember when Nehemiah was there in Jerusalem and it was all burnt up and the walls were broken down and he's having to rebuild the city and ultimately he sits there for days crying because of what has happened with God's people and disobeyed a holy God. And then in the New Testament with Jesus and he looks at the crowd and he looks at them as sheep without a shepherd and it says he's moved with compassion. This is what we see in Scripture. And so when we get in Scripture, that's what's going to happen to us in our hearts. God will stir in our hearts a burden for lost people, and it will develop a passion for those who don't know Jesus and to go to them and share. That's why we see in chapter 9, Paul says, I would substitute myself if I could so that others may know Jesus. That's how deep his burden is. He knows he can't sacrifice himself because we can't sacrifice for another because we have our own sins. But if I could, I wish I could is what he's saying, but he also knows this at the same time. He knows that he can't sacrifice himself for another, but he knows someone already has, and that someone is Jesus. And Jesus was able to sacrifice for another sin because Jesus didn't have any sin. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was righteous, and Jesus lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we deserve to die on the cross of Calvary, and they placed him in a tomb, but on the third day, he arose. He rose victoriously over Satan, over sin, over death, and now for any man, woman, boy, or girl who will confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. And he's saying, I would give up my own salvation if someone else would just believe in that. That's how much passion he had for those who didn't know Jesus. Notice not only his passion, but his prayer. The simplicity of this prayer. My heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they may be saved. Sometimes when we're praying for lost people who need to know Jesus, we pray for absolutely everything except for God to save them. We have good and well-meaning prayers, and, and I'm, I'm the same way. And like We'll say, Lord, may something they do today make them think about eternity. We say, Lord, may they cross paths with someone who knows Jesus today and have good morals today. Or, Lord, make us aware of those who are lost. Or, Lord, uh, make a, give us courage to share. Or, Lord, convict their hearts. And these are all really good prayers that you can pray. And I encourage you to pray. They're good. But don't forget the most simple prayer of saying, God, save them. God, save them. God, they're lost. Lord, they're in need of a Savior. Lord, I pray that you save their heart and soul before it's everlasting too late. Right now, we ask the question in our Sunday school class is, how many are praying for the lost? Right now, 52% of our small groups are praying for those who don't know Jesus. And it's our goal to have 100% of our people praying for Jesus, that people would know Jesus. We want to develop a culture of people praying for those who don't know Jesus because we think when God's people get into His Word and when God's people get on their need and praying for lost people to be saved, we think that God continues to work and that God is in the saving business and we really believe when we do those two things that God will begin to save souls. We believe that God will work, that God hears our prayers, and that God has the power and ability to save souls. Prayer is vital to our evangelism efforts. If we are not a people of prayer, praying for the lost to be saved and for His kingdom to be advanced, then what difference can we make in this world? 
For with little prayer there is little power, but with much prayer there is much power. And look at the aim of his prayer. He's praying for them. Who is them? Israel. It's a wide concern. It's a national concern. And then in chapter 11, we see it's an individual concern for those who he knows. We must have a deep concern for those who don't know Jesus in Paducah and beyond. And how long should we be praying this prayer? Until we die. Romans chapter 1, Paul says, I do not cease to remember you in my prayers. Romans 12 and verse 12, he says, Remain constant in prayers. Do not minimize the power of God in prayer to convert people. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. No matter how many times you've prayed, no matter how many times you've shared, on Father's Day, sometimes there are some children that have wandered off from the Lord. Don't stop praying. Continue to pray to the God who hears. Continue to pray to the God who answers. And so we see a passion. We see prayer. And then thirdly, I want you to see a proclamation. A proclamation. Our desire and our prayers are not the only thing the Lord has asked us to do in evangelism. But how are they going to be saved unless someone preaches to them? That's what we see in verse 14. Verses 14 through 17, there are six verbs. Saved, call, believe, hear, preach, sent. What that looks like is this. For us who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, get this. Christ sends us into this world that we may preach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that people who are lost may hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and that those who hear the gospel may believe in the gospel and that those who believe in the gospel will call upon the name of the Lord and be saved and that those who are called and those who are saved will now be sent back into the world to tell others about Him. This is the beautiful cycle that God has created for His people to share the gospel from generation to generation. It is a beautiful message that the feet of Jesus... You know, he talks about the beautiful feet of those who share the message. Just think of the message itself. The beautiful feet of Jesus who walked out of that grave and he offers a blessed and eternal hope for anyone who will believe. This is the greatest news that we could ever share with anybody on the planet Earth. This is better than our national debt being paid off. This is better than saying we have found the cure for cancer. This is better than saying they have done away with Pride Month in the United States of America. You see, we get passionate about certain things and issues in this world, but I want you to get passionate for the gospel of Jesus Christ because the gospel is infinitely better than anything this world has to offer. And the only thing this world is going to hear, they're not going to hear our opinions they're not going to hear our arguments, but what we know to be true is God's Word has the power to pierce souls and penetrate hearts when we speak from God's Holy Word. So we share the Gospel, not our opinions. May the foundation be the Word of God. May our foundation be the Word of God so that the Word of God will develop a passion, so that the passion will drive us to our knees, so that from our prayers will cause us to share our faith. Because if we don't, who will? Who will? If God's people won't be passionate about the gospel, won't pray for people being lost, and won't share His gospel, who will? Let us pray. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you so much for your word this morning. And God, this Romans is just so good and so powerful. And God, I know I can never do it justice. The truth of your word, the goodness of your word, the power of your word. 
God, we, I can never do it justice, but I pray now for the power of the Holy Spirit to work in the hearts of this, your people. Lord, if there is one here that is far from you, that is not in a right relationship with you, Lord Jesus, we pray today that you'll save them. Convict them of their hearts, draw them to yourself, that they'd repent of their sins and place their faith in you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, for the ones here that know you as Lord and Savior, God, I pray that this serves as a reminder to dive into your word and be in prayer for those who don't know you. God, I pray that you would develop in us a deep, passionate burden for those who don't know Jesus. For our family and our friends and those that we work with and those in our neighborhood, those in our community, our country, and beyond. God, I pray you use us as your people, as your instruments to bring, to advance your kingdom. And we pray this in your most holy name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Will you stand to your feet, respond, and however will be pleasing to the Lord. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find Thy power and Thine alone Can change the leper's spots And melt the heart of stone Jesus paid it all All to I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. For nothing good have I whereby thy grace to claim. I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in Him complete, Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Let's sing that chorus again. Jesus paid it all.